True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads with Rodden and Lawson. We are here today with a very interesting case out of Queens, New York, and it has been in the news quite a bit, so most of you might already be familiar with it. And before we jump into the case, we'll do what we normally do. We're going to read a review. I thought today I'd read a couple of them because these are short. The first one is a one-star review, (laughs) and we don't usually read those because frankly, they're just not very nice. But right. this one, the part, the reason we're reading it, I have a reason you'll see in a minute. It says had to turn this off just minutes, but oh, it's oh, the title of the review is sound quality is poor. <laughs> and it says had to turn this off just minutes in because the sound quality is exceptionally poor. I couldn't hear one of the speakers and there was static throughout the time I listened. And I totally understand. I think that this person probably listened to one of our very first episodes, probably our first one where I sound really faint and you can hear Renee just fine. Um, So M. Bennett, the author of this review, you'll be very happy to know that we are now paying for studio space here in Big D. And I think our sound has improved a lot. So hopefully M. Bennett, you'll give us another shot. I guess if you're not going to listen to us anymore, I'm just talking to myself here. So, <laughs> But in the outside chance that you hear this, please give us another shot because we have been in the studio for, gosh, what, like nine episodes now, something like that. Right. So we're here to do everything we can to make this situation better for you guys. And I'm going to read another um, review. Um, it's a short one. The title of it is awesome and it's five stars. It says fantastic podcast, two entertaining, dedicated and smart hosts keeping Missy's voice out there. Kudos to you both. Oh, and that was written by Menina Files. That's our good friend, Christine Menina. Thank you, Christine. Um, So yeah, so we are happy. We're doing everything we can to improve true crime broads for public consumption. And I think the sound quality now is better. And we'll just keep as, as the budget allows, we'll add more and more things for your for your entertainment and we just thank you so much for joining us and I guess we're just going to jump right into this Queen's case. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to try and uh, butcher her first name. Can you say it, Crystal? Because I'm... Um, (laughs) I was afraid I would say it incorrectly also, honestly, but my understanding is Orsoya Gall. I believe she's of Hungarian descent. There you go. You did good because I was going to say Orsalia. <laughs> that's probably that's probably accurate. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, so uh, who was it that told us about this case? Well, we actually did have several listeners contact us about this, and one of the the first one was Sarah Lynn, and she is one. She's very active in our group, and. She's one of our favorite listeners that always, you know, kind of interacts with us, which we Mm -hmm. love. Right. And yeah, she really brought it to our attention because she noticed all of the similarities between this case and the Missy Beavers case. Right. And it it, it literally happened um, two days before the six-year anniversary of uh, Missy's death. So um, it's just crazy. I... uh, I hadn't heard of it until she told us about it. And I think somebody else reached out to us and told us. And then, of course, you told me. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, got on it quickly and kind of read about it. And I was blown away. This case is unbelievable, y'all. So get ready. Right. And Miss um, Gall um, didn't take her husband's name, apparently. But she had been married for a long time. 
And her husband and her oldest son, she had two sons. One was 13 or is 13. One is 17. Um, Osoya's husband and older son, the 17-year-old, were actually out of town touring colleges on a college tour. And one of the first things that was pointed out to us as a similarity is that people always said in the Missy Beavers case early on, like, whoa, the husband was out of town. Right. And we do see other similarities. Um, Asolia is an attractive, slender, middle-aged lady with long blonde hair. So kind of, if you're very gl- fit, yeah, very fit. If you glance at her, she looks a little bit like Missy or mm-hmm. someone a lot like Missy. And there was whispers of, you know, extramarital activity. Just like in Missy. Mm-hmm. And also what you have is the apparent perpetrator is caught on surveillance video. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to make out exactly what they look like. And they look really small, yeah. almost like a kid. Well, and that's another similarity to the Missy Beavers case is the perpetrator is on the shorter side. Mm-hmm. It's either a woman or a shorter male. So many coincidences with the Missy Beavers case. And another coincidence is that this surveillance video that was pulled, I think it was just outdoors, outdoor surveillance cameras. From, Somebody's ring yeah. camera maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it was more like in a city street. So was maybe it? A, maybe it was a company. I'm not okay. really clear on where that surveillance camera came from. But it was in the middle of the night. It was like 4, 4.30 a.m. that they caught that. So, again, it's of the same time frame as what mm-hmm. happened to Missy. Yeah. So, between the time that we were planning to talk about this case and talk about the similarities with Missy's case, um, there an arrest was made. So, mm-hmm. we're a little behind on this, and we're, we're just going to bring you up to speed on everything that we know so far. Yeah, so she she basically, uh, her husband contacted, I believe, police to, or maybe it was a friend or a, a neighbor or something. She was, his wife, he couldn't, he couldn't get in touch with her. So he didn't know what had happened. And so, and then I guess maybe he saw her on the, the, the camera at home or something, but then he quickly said, okay, everything's fine. She's, you know, made it home. So it was sometime between the time that she arrived home um, and then, of course, between that time and 4.30 in the morning that she uh, had been murdered. So on the timeline that I found, uh, it talks about on Good Friday, she's seen in the backyard of her house, um, I guess, playing with the dog. Uh, she was seen by one of her neighbors. Um, she also attended a show at Lincoln Center that evening with friends. And her youngest son, of course, stayed at home, the 13-year-old. Uh, her husband, Howard Klein, and the oldest son were in Oregon looking for college options for the son. So that's where they were. Uh, later, she went to Forest Hill Station, uh, a house bar, and she ordered a Mos- Moscow Mule cocktail and a bite to eat. And that was told by a friend. She stayed about 45 minutes, and then she went home about 1230. And I think that's when the husband might have saw her, you know, maybe on camera or something coming home because he at some point they said that he said okay she's fine she's not missing anymore. maybe he reached her we need to figure out what happened yeah, that's true I, I, that's well, kind of a mystery well yeah and and renee just said forest hills that's a really really nice neighborhood and apparently not unsafe like other parts right. of new york um apparently forest hills are very upskill with tudor homes apparently they lived in a two million dollar tudor home they're in the forest hills section near queens and 
people apparently were saying that it's a very safe neighborhood. I've never been there myself. I've been to New York City several times, but I don't recall ever going through this area. But apparently it's very nice and one of the safest spots around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, police believe that Orsaya's killer arrived at the home between 1220 and 1230. And they knew about a spare key and where it was hidden. And I'm not sure how they came to know that, but... Well, um, um, maybe the, maybe the husband or someone told police, but I, I've heard the last I heard, the last report I heard is they don't, they kind of went away from that. They initially thought that maybe the killer had intel on where they hide an outdoor key, mm-hmm. but later on, they're starting to think that she let her killer in. Okay. That makes sense. Because they had sort of, without giving away too much yet, they had sort of had some interactions earlier that evening. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. But not 100% sure on that yet. Right. I get, well, you know, you know how it is when they start working cases, you hear one thing and then you hear another. So it kind mm-hmm. of, you know, progresses as things go on. Okay, so. So then what happened was what they think happened is, now this is the part that I was trying to say for a little bit later the person that they ended up arresting, apparently Gall, Ms. Gall had been having an affair with him for like two years. Right. So, and so these are some obvious differences than the Missy Beavers case where you have an arrest just days after the murder. Unfortunately, in Missy's case, we're not there yet. It's been over six years. But in this case, I'm very happy that they figured out that their handyman. Okay. So this is someone who had been in Miss Gall and her husband, her family's home several times working over years. And at some point, a couple of years ago, Miss Gall and the handyman began an affair. Right. And so what we've heard is apparently he was trying to continue the affair and she was trying to break it off. And there might have been some conversations between them earlier in the evening. And he decided to come straight over there to the house and talk to her. And she was um, murdered in the basement, stabbed many, many times, which would lead you to believe that it was a crime of passion, someone that knew her and not a stranger thing. Um, And so the speculation is that knowing her son was upstairs, she might've just said he might've been causing a scene at the door. Even he could have been yelling when he got there and been really upset. So she probably just said, Hey, we'll go to the basement and discuss this. You got to be quiet, you know? Right. And then he just blew up and stabbed her almost 60 times is what all the reports are saying. Absolutely horrific. I, I just, uh, <laughs> it, it says on here that she was stabbed, uh, like you said, up to upwards to 60 times in her torso, neck and arms. Uh, she also showed defensive wounds to her palm and fingers. And from what we have heard, he actually took himself to the hospital to uh, take care of the injuries to his hands. So I found that interesting. And they actually turned him away and said that your uh, your your wounds are too great for us to handle, which I thought that was kind of strange. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? You're going to the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't handle that. Uh, but anyway, they they turned him away. And I guess he got you know, some type of um, something somewhere to, to take care of the bleeding and, and wow. Whatever. I yeah. know. I didn't Anybody know that, that part. I didn't know he had taken himself to the hospital. Yeah, it's crazy. I that was so weird. Um, so yeah. So apparently um, officials are saying that Benola is his name. He's 44 years old. He apparently confronted Ms. Gall in her basement and stabbed her 58 times. And then he put her body in her own son's hockey bag. And then he 
walked away from the house with her in this bag. And apparently it was on wheels, I guess, because it looks like in the surveillance video, he's literally pulling it behind him. And police said that there was blood coming out of that bag. He left a trail of blood for a long time. Yeah, they... Somebody found the the body somewhere. Yeah, they they found the hockey bag with the body in it where he left it near Metropolitan Avenue and Jackie Robinson apparently about a half a mile from the house. Yeah, and they literally, police literally followed the trail back to her home. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not a professional killer because so many mistakes were made. He was caught almost instantly. Right. He actually told police that he removed her body because he didn't want anyone to discover it. Well, how nice is that? Weird. And then um, her body was found by a man who was just out walking his dog, and he found the bag, and he called the police. And um, the police said that a trail of blood led them from the scene in Forest Park at the house to that point. Right. Crazy. And then then police also uh, recovered his boots, a jacket, a t-shirt and bloody bandages. I want to say somewhere in the fort in Forest Park, somewhere uh, where they found all these items. And this was before he was arrested. And then when they came to talk to him, I guess they put all this together. They had, they had a pretty good case against him. I can tell you that. Well, and before the arrest was made, um, that was kind of the point in time I was thinking we would be leaving off because I didn't know an arrest would be made before we did this episode. But apparently while the husband was still out of town, way before an arrest was made, the husband got a really weird text saying something to the effect of um, your wife had me put in prison years ago and I'm back. And a lot of people were saying, Ooh, that kind of sounds like the husband staged those texts, you know, from himself to look like somebody had a beef with her. And so a lot of tongues were wagging initially that maybe the husband was behind this Mm -hmm. and Apparently, um, the killer, the 44-year-old Benola, had sent that text. Actually, I think it was confirmed that he sent the text. And he also said, in, in your entire family's next. Oh, that's right. He said, yeah. your entire family's next. That's yeah. really scary. Yep. And yeah. you know what's really strange about this case, though? And it, Well, I guess it's sad. And I get why police did it, but I can only imagine what it was like for this 13-year-old boy uh, they actually went to the house and, and, and detained him. Yeah, they did cuff him and ask him some questions initially because their initial reports also c- couldn't help but comment that he looked like he could have been the person in the surveillance videos. Yeah, because he was so short. About the same stature, right. yeah. Now, when we when we post a picture of David Benilla, you're going to quickly see, oh, okay, I get it. Um, I'll try to do a, a put a video on there of the David. I, I'm, I'm assuming that. Uh, it's been confirmed that it's him, but you, you'll you'll be able to tell that it's him. He, he's got uh, curly hair. He's shorter. He's a slender man, and uh, I don't know how tall he is, but he's not he's not very tall. And you see the perpetrator walking on the camera, surveillance camera at four thirty, and then you see the person, and you're like, okay, you can clearly tell it's him. But I yeah. see why they they why they you know arrested. And him. just sort of as a side note, apparently he was obsessed with Slash from Guns and Roses, and he liked to make his hair and stuff look like him. Yep. Um, and even he even had the glasses, the same the same sunglasses that he wears from Guns and Roses. Right. And also, I just wanted to point out that the husband did completely cooperate with the police, and he turned over his cell phone. Um, so yeah, so apparently after they took David Benola into custody, uh, this was a, a Thursday, he started making incriminating statements and they pretty much just got him to talk and got him to 
confess. Right. Is what all the reports I read said that he basically, it didn't take long at all to get him to break it down and go ahead and confess to the murder. I mean, you know, that, that I wouldn't, it's just amazing how cases are so different, how one case can just, I mean, instantly they just bam, 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 and they're led to the person. But I mean, it's a blessing because, I mean, he's been arrested. Well, and, and, and let's not forget, this is NYPD. Right, they know how true. to, they've got that's some true. pretty darn seasoned homicide detectives yeah, they there. get to deal with that on the daily. Probably every... Well, a lot more than they would like to, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't imagine what it's like to be a detective or a police officer in New York, so... Can't yeah, and apparently, from what I heard, um, PIX11.com... Um, is where I got a lot of my information from they used on this podcast. And their report says that it looks like Benola is facing charges of murder, criminal tampering, and criminal possession of a weapon. And he has no prior arrests that anyone has been able to find. I so want to say there was also something about um, moving a corpse, but I can't remember what that, that one I was I think called. that might have been the tampering. Is it the tampering? Know. Okay. Right. I'm not sure. They might have called it something else in the beginning. Right. Now, David Benola, I have heard, is uh, a married, was actually married, father of two. Um, him and his wife were estranged. They hadn't seen each other in some time. I guess they just hadn't got a divorce. I don't know for sure. But it was said that he often went to coffee, this coffee shop in Forest Hills called Austin Street Coffee. Um, and he went there often and apparently got the same thing every time. He always got a lemon loaf or a banana nut loaf, and he poured dark roast coffee over it and ate it every day. Mm. Um, they also talked about how weird he was. He would often leave the waitresses and servers uh, notes, and one time brought a guitar and literally wrote one of the servers' names on the guitar because he said he wanted to marry her. He literally proposed to her. They were creeped out by him a lot because it was very uh, pushy, and it, it was just constant, you know. And so they would call the police on him, but every time the police would show up, he would be gone. It's so bizarre. My my heart, our hearts really go out to the 13-year-old son. How how horrible must he feel knowing that he was home when this took place? And, you know, that feeling of I could have saved my mother, you know. Obviously, oh, obviously he couldn't because how would you know that this psycho had come over and taking your mom to the basement somehow. So I hope that he's not feeling horrible guilt because the grief is enough. Right. So I really hope and pray that he can kind of get into some counseling and maybe work through this and work, deal with the grief. And I hope he doesn't feel any guilt about it. You know what? Um, you know, it's, it's probably definitely a miracle that he didn't kill him as well. Right. He could have, he could have come running downstairs to for any number of reasons and discovered what was going on. That's absolutely you right. Killed him. Yeah. Thank God there wasn't another murder. Yeah. Um, just a horrible, horrible, horrible murder. And um, let's see, what else was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> on okay. the air. Cool. Yeah, um, it happens. You know, it, it is a, it's an unfortunate um, uh, thing. It's, it's, I, I don't understand why people just, and like I've probably said this a dozen times, but, why people just go, oh, I'm going to kill her or oh, I'm going to kill him. You know, it just blows my mind that, you know, uh, I mean, obviously prison's a deterrent for me, but I guess it's not for other people, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go well, to prison, nor yeah. do I want to harm anyone. Let's put that out there too. But I'm just saying it blows my mind that these people are like, okay, so you're not going to be with me. Well, I'm just going to kill you. You're not going to get away with it. I mean, I know some people do, but it doesn't last forever. Well, and NBC reported that 
Gall and Vanola had been in an on again, off again affair. It wasn't like right. they were together for two years solid. Right. They had broken up prior to the murder, had reunited early in the month of April. So look at how fresh that is. And then um, their relationship was ending again. And apparently, um, it's not, no one knows exactly who initiated the breakup, but I was just speculating it must have been her for yeah. him to have flown into that kind of a rage. I think so. But who knows? You know, obviously he's not in his right mind to treat another human being that way. So. Right. Yeah. And I don't think he, you know, he worked consistently. It looks, seems like he, um, I think, was he in a band? I'm not sure about that. I don't remember. But the one thing I know what I was going to say when I lost my train of thought was he must have known he was about to go down for her murder mm -hmm. because you know how you can't stand Chipotle and I like it. <laughs> and he had stopped by Chipotle right. before he went to the police department. I remember sending you that and go, or I think I posted right. on our group. Yes. I was like, see, Renee, he wanted that to be his last meal that's of freedom. So it can't be that bad. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, We've always been fascinated with true crime, but I have to say that the two episodes we recorded today, by now you've heard our Miriam Gonzalez one and then this one, it's just sort of turning my stomach. It's not, these just feel very personal for some reason today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to stab somebody over 50 times, almost 60, that's unbelievable. And to just, I mean, just throw her in a duffel bag and drag her down the street to try to cover up your murder. Yeah, and apparently it was his emotions were just out of control. And I'm not sure if this part's accurate or not. It came out later that he might have been here illegally. Yeah, so I've maybe that. that might be why we can't pull up that the reporters and stuff haven't been able to pull up a criminal background on him potentially because they're saying that he doesn't have any prior arrests. But I guess we wouldn't have access here to those records. Right. So maybe he does have arrests. Yeah, I didn't know. find anything on him and I tried. Yeah, so so yeah. maybe that's the case. That's probably it, Whether he's true. here legally or illegally. Maybe he has some arrest in Mexico or something. Right. All yeah. right. Yep. He. I know that whenever he was being arrested, they were putting him in the car. Uh, people were asking him, why did you do it? And he just basically started saying curse words, and that was pretty much it. Good grief. Yeah. I mean, that's all he had. Well. Unbelievable. Yep. And I, I just really – oh, and also – when they were arguing in the basement, the police said that a knife was produced. I have heard conflicting reports. I've heard that um, it was a knife from the house. Yeah, I've heard that too. But then I've heard that there was a knife that wasn't from the house used and one from the house that was used. So I don't know which is true. We'll have to keep – we'll come back with updates as we get more things confirmed because uh, there's still conflicting stuff out there right. on this case. Bless her heart. She was fighting for her life. He got injured in the process, and she was trying to – Spin him off, and mm. and he got the upper hand. And well, and you know when she, if if it is true that she invited him in, we don't know that, but there was no signs of forced entry, so it kind of leads you to believe that she went ahead and said, "Okay, come on, we can talk it out, but you got to get out of here soon." Right, something to that effect. And so when you open your door to someone, even if it's someone who's really upset, you just don't think, especially someone you know, you don't think they're going to stab you fifty eight times. No. It really makes you think twice because so many people, especially women, are killed by people they know or attacked by people they know. And that's something that we all need to just keep in mind that it's not necessarily 
you're not stranger. necessarily safe if it's someone you recognize. Right. Especially if they're upset, especially during a breakup. That ha- seems to happen a lot. You know, they're they're upset because they, they want to be with you and, and they, they're thinking, oh gosh, this is really it. She's really done with me. And, and they get upset and they just, you know, they just lose it. However, well, I guess if, if he did use the knife in the house, I guess that makes sense. But what what are the odds that there was a knife in the basement? You know, maybe they started the conversation upstairs and he grabbed it at that point without her seeing it. That's a really good question. Or, yeah. I mean, or who just, knows? Maybe they had knives in the basement. That's hopefully something else that will come out because some of these details are confusing. But we'll definitely be watching the trial and maybe there'll be a plea agreement and there won't be a trial. But we'll we'll do an update on this case later as more stuff comes out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to see him go down for life. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of conflicted on the death penalty. I'm not against it, but at least life, you know. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else we want to share with our listeners before we let them go this evening? Did we update on the, I think we did the update on the other thing, didn't we? I don't know. On the um, SWAT person? Oh. Yeah, we did already. Okay, good. Renee and I talk so much that she'll just say, "Hey, did we update on the thing about that other thing from the other day?" It's like Renee, I need some, I need some words. (laughs) Well, that's the only thing we needed. My grandmother used to do that. She'd say, "Hey, about the thing, and could you hand me that thing over there? What about the thing?" You know. And whenever I get like that, my husband always says, you sound like a mobster. It's like, hey, what, what about that thing? You know? Right, yeah. Well, so anyway, it's a great way to shortcut with your friends, but sometimes even your friends don't know what the thing is. So um, We talk about too many things for you to understand that. Yeah, yeah there's way too many things right. being discussed. Exactly. Um, so anyway, we're just so happy that you joined us on True Crime Broads, and we hope that um, one of these days we can cover a case that's important to you. If there is a case that's unsolved or solved, that you would like to hear us cover, please join our group. It's called um, Missy Beaver's Missy Beaver's uh, Murder Discussion. Okay, and um, I can never remember the name of that. I'll have to take a picture of it or something. Unsolved. Unsolved. That's there right. Okay, and um, we also have a Facebook page called True Crime Broads. We're also on Instagram as True Crime Broads, and we'd love it if you follow us on Instagram. Um, that's probably my favorite one for some reason. I like. I'm fin- glad that it works out well because I do the Facebook. You like Facebook, and, and I like you Instagram. Like Instagram, because neither otherwise... one of us likes Twitter. But you know what? Elon Musk bought Twitter. I wonder how it's going to change. That should be I'm interesting. Excited about that. Yeah. Maybe I could. Yeah. Maybe we can actually do something on there. I mean, we do have a Twitter. I just don't tweet very often because I don't. <laughs> really know tweet, what tweet. I'm I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing yeah, I, I just kind of just say stuff you know I don't really get the whole gist of it mm-hmm. I don't know why I just don't but we have a Twitter and some of our stuff our stuff was populating to okay so on Instagram you can make it populate to um, Twitter and Facebook for for some reason the Twitter ones stopped working maybe we have to go back in and manually log in again yeah probably I don't so know. Uh, we have we pretty much have all of the um, the platforms yeah, and we have. We also have a TikTok, which I've been uploading videos. Yeah, you've been taking Don't care laugh of that. at me because I don't know anything about what I'm doing. If you have suggestions, please feel free to. You also take care of our YouTube. We don't really have much of a YouTube presence, but thankfully, Renee has uploaded a lot of these episodes there. So if you prefer YouTube over the uh, podcasting platforms, you can probably find what, like a third or yeah, so of our right. episodes. You know what's funny about that? You mentioned that the last time I did it. Okay, so there's like a process to do this because you have to take the, the you have to take the um, audio and you have to kind of turn it into sort of a video. So anyway, I had to learn this process. It's kind of 
you know, and every time I don't do it for a while, I go, okay, now how did I do that? So not long ago, I uploaded, and I think I did like maybe six or seven, and somebody was like, wow, all of these at once. I'm like, heck yeah, when I get on a roll, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to have to do them all at we once. We did have someone <laughs> comment like, wow, you're hitting us all at once. I guess they were imagining that we were, some people don't realize we're on the podcasting prep platforms and that's where the majority of our work is right. but on if you only see us on youtube that guy probably thought we did like eight episodes that one night yeah, <laughs> wow, like, wow they're on fire they're, they're on it but and then i accidentally somehow uploaded one episode with nothing on it and people were mad so just forgive me it's just um it's a process to do those but when i get to doing them i do try to do several so anyway that makes one nice. of the first things we're going to do when their budget allows is hand all that over to someone who knows yes. who can do it easily and quickly and then free us up to do more research and stuff that we right. enjoy yeah. doing and that we're better at. So if uh, you're out there and you know how to do all that kind of stuff, please submit your resume. We'd love to talk to you. Exactly. Um, but anyway, thanks again for joining us on True Crime Broads. We're trying every day, every week to come up with new ideas and things. So if you've got anything, let us know. And, and don't forget to leave us that five-star review. Oh, yeah. If you think we deserve five stars, we would love it. If you think that we're terrible, we ask that you just... Keep scrolling and don't leave us a nasty gram. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. Have a great day. Yeah.